Is that that's not that's never been done, has it, Frank? No, that hasn't been done by Tim Allen for ten seasons at all, has it? Oh, that's right. I think I must have forgotten because it's been. Yep. This is me being super hip references uh, <laughs> for a show, that for a show that's in the nineties, literally yeah. been off the air for decades. Uh, but you know, I thought there would be parallels. You know, I'm Brendan and you're Frank, of course. Correct. And we've got Marty here as well. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I thought there were parallels between us and Tim the Toolman Taylor. He's a man's man, <laughs> but he never shies away from discussing core family values mm-hmm. and you know where he's got Wilson next door Correct. we've got a podcast where we can talk about the kind of family values that are in the children's television program Bluey this episode of the Hammerbottom Project is called Cruella de Steel uh, never has it been more prominent the good family values than in the episode that we're going to talk about today but first of all how are you guys going <laughs> you go first. Another. No, you great, go first. Great for a podcast. Too. It was like, no, you. <laughs> oh, man. I managed to see you guys a few weeks back or whatever it was. You guys got to come along to Naomi's first birthday, which was awesome. When we couldn't talk about anything because we can't actually yep. talk anymore. We are only allowed Save to do it the on show. the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Save for the yeah. show. I was going to tell. Oh, no, wait. I can't. Do you know what I've been thinking about doing? I'm thinking about getting a piece of paper and printing out the scripts for Bluey episodes all in entirety, a big, long, multiple sheets of paper, and then just rolling it up to make it look like a newspaper so I can smack people in the head when they start, <laughs> no, no, stop, no, stop, no, stop, no, stop no, talking. No. I was thinking about that, our like, uh, rolled up newspaper. We've already spoken about the episode Dad Baby, and is it in that episode where Ooh, Chili goes, I'll right. just get this ready, yeah, and she yes. rolls up the, the magazine? Correct. I think that's what was in my head when I was thinking about it. I think we've just come up with the next piece of Bluey. <laughs> Role play merch, right? <laughs> a rolled up newspaper. Yeah. Works on multiple levels. I'll just get this ready. <laughs> and what's funny about that is now, whenever we roll up the magazine or newspaper to tell someone to wait for another episode, Leave it. Leave that it. is in itself an example of talking about another episode. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> but let's move on. Marty, this episode is called Octopus. I tell you what, this, I. This has got to be one of my favourites. It's up there, isn't it? It's, it's uh, so this is sort of mid-season uh, mid two. One of the ones that doesn't feature a lot of the family in mm. great detail. I, I, I don't Bandit even think Bingo... Bandit doesn't in... any lines. <laughs> he, <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think uh, uh, Chili or Bingo are even in this episode. Mm. Uh, but instead, we get to uh, delve into the world of one of Bluey's friends in Chloe mm. and her mm. family. Do I do the bark down? Marty with the bare bones. Bare bones. So really this episode is at its core a socioeconomic commentary revolving around the rendering of different paternal figures with the eponymous octopus, inverted commas, serving as a metaphor for the chameleonic character of the modern father identity, I think. But seriously, it's about <laughs> Bluey and <laughs> Chloe playing at their house, a game called Octopus. Chloe taking it home and trying to play it with her dad and them trying to figure out a way to create a game that they're both going to enjoy or it'd be meaningful for both of them and there's just so many nice bits i just love the the various different layers in this one i think the thing that i come away with most is just like there are different types of dads and that's okay yeah because i think 
Yep. Bren, I, yep. can't, I don't know if you've said it in the podcast before. I know we've talked about it before, but you've just gone, you know, Bandit is every Australian male. Yeah. He is the uber Australian male. He's the intersection of all the uh, <laughs> Venn diagrams of just like dads. <laughs> and it's kind of like a hard, you know, how do you live up to that potentially? He's just got so much good material. And just being able to see another dad in the show who's not another version of Bandit He's got his whole different character. Most dads I speak to who watch this show, they go, Bandit's the best because A, that's the character they obviously associate with being the dad of their own respective families, but also that's the dad they want to be. They mm. want to be that dad who's uber involved, who plays games at the drop of a hat, who stays in character, mm. irrespective of how effectively they can actually do that in reality. Now, your point, Marty, about being very different is good because to this point, the only other dad we've spent really a lot of time with in the show is Pat. And he mm. seems pretty much cut from the same cloth as yeah. Bandit in his willingness to, to go along with all the hijinks. So He's just like slightly further along the same spectrum. <laughs> just like, like sports, he's just further on that. I think he's slightly more Queensland, really, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Recently, I joined a uh, group on Facebook that was Bluey fans, but specifically for dads. I think the name of the group is just titled Bandit, you know, in brackets, dads group. So all males in there. And and one of the questions that come up was people just going, look, be 100% honest here. Which dad is you? Don't just all say Bandit, you know, which one is really you? And this episode, Octopus, got called out multiple times because people were like, oh, yeah, I'd love to be Bandit. But really, I'm, I'm Chloe's dad. <laughs> um, other people sort of mixture of both, but Chloe's dad got almost as many shout-outs as Bandit himself. I have to. I don't think I, I'd be doing uh, my sister justice if I didn't mention what she <laughs> has noticed. And uh, it's just Josh, like my brother-in-law. <laughs> and, 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 it is too, like, isn't it? Like Aaron's husband, <laughs> like just the computer, the factual, I don't know. I, the I, research? I, yeah, the research. research. I, yeah. If we get her on as a guest at another episode, I know that newspapers might have to get rolled up, but um, <laughs> we'll have to get her take on it because she, like I wouldn't do her justice if I mentioned how perfectly she framed her husband Josh as <laughs> Chloe's dad. It's really interesting to see the way they frame Chloe's dad because obviously we have the opening sequence. We have Bandit being the octopus, which I just love. I love any whenever the Bluey characters play animals because there's another episode wherein that gets played up a lot more and the animators must have had A, a hell of a fun time and B, like an absolute nightmare regearing all their characters to play these different types of animals. But I just love the defocused eyes. Yeah, floppy arms. The floppy arms are just perfect. There's just so much character. The asynchronous blinking. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, he just lost two eyes at separate times. Just the dangly arms, the (laughs) the up and down. I'm doing it for a podcast, but (laughs) cancellation wave of the two arms going off asynchronously. I think the listeners can feel it i reckon they can feel your impression <laughs> so perfect must be so much fun doing that and as i said he doesn't get any lies he's just entirely octopus in this you nailed it when you said it's about just different kinds of dads mm. and you know that can be difficult sometimes and chloe's really a little bit disappointed when mm. the game isn't exactly what she thought it was to begin with exactly how she played it with bluey and she mm. said oh you know she says outright to her dad yeah. you know you're not as fun as bluey's dad or if that weren't my what was altered Willie's whimper moment, like for, like for the wrong reasons, there are others that are for the right reasons. No, that just hits you right in the heart because, um, you know, uh, Chloe's right. They are different and some personality traits might seem more attractive at different times. Mm. But what's good is they end up 
Like, it is just an episode about celebrating horses for courses and <laughs> or octopuses for courses, I suppose. <laughs> I think it's about like finding your own style as a parent. Yeah. Like anyone who's watched this show goes, I want to be like Chili as a parent, that is. And I want to be like Chili or I want to be like Bandit. Do you know what? There's other options out there sort mm-hmm. of thing. So it's about finding a style that works for you and your kid, which Chloe's dad does obviously throughout this episode. Do we actually find out his name in this episode or did no, I miss that? No, I don't think it's that. Just I, Chloe's dad. I don't know, but this is a good opportunity to start doing something I was thinking of during the week because, you know, often we'll hit a bit of a wall uh-huh. and uh, we don't know the answer to a question. So who knows this show better than the kids that it's originally designed for uh, themselves? Mm. So I might ring up one of my nieces and nephews right now and see if they know if Chloe's uh, dad has a name and what it is. I'll, I might try I might try Kaylee this week. Is that okay. cool with you guys? All right. Do all it. Right. Oh, right. Hi, Uncle Brendan. Kaylee, you know, on Bluey, uh, Chloe's dad, does he have, like, a name? If so, like, what is it? Well, according to the Bluey wiki, he's only known as Chloe's dad for now, but I can tell you that he is voiced by Francis Stanton from the Bluey animation department. Oh. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes, how did I miss oh, that? Oh, yeah, yep, yeah. no, no, no. Thank you. Anytime. Bye. Well, there you go. There, there it is. Simple. The other thing I love about this episode, we talked about the animation and how the characters are made to look like octopus. Also, from a, a design, I guess, point of view, <laughs> the house of Chloe <laughs> is very, very square and very right-angled. When you it's think of the... Modernist. And it's probably one of, not one of these things you notice straight away. I know Marty would have noticed it, so I thought I'd jump in here and steal this. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the house, everything from the furniture, the, the window, there's a little what looks like a... A Japanese garden type thing with square stepping stones through it. All very square, all very right angles. Some of the things I noticed, there is a chessboard on the coffee table. Mm -hmm. There's what looks like a degree of some sort sort of mounted on the wall. Mm -hmm. Even a bonsai tree that's sort of sitting on the shelf Mm -hmm. behind in the background. And all these little things which you may not even take in the first time. Just Whereas the Gila household is very rounded. They've got the ornate Mm -hmm. things sitting above the doors and all these sorts of things. This is great, subtle, hey, this is a very different household. Yeah, Yeah. and it's really um, perfect for their characters because, I mean, we've spoken about the Hammerbarn episode before they talk about the house and how the house has got character you know and it's a little bit more it's it's not yeah. as clinical as Chloe's house yep. but uh, that's the same as their approaches to play mm. like Bandit is all character uh, without any research or, <laughs> and, and Chloe's dad is like has a really clinical approach to the facts of what world he wants to be playing in now there are a bunch of things about the house. Come on, we've said them about. all, Marty. There can't possibly <laughs> no, be any no. more. Marty's just um, fired just, up just that he didn't get to introduce it. Like, you have just gone past some of the... Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm d- expecting Ikea names of the furniture in the house. Just <laughs> no, no, quietly. Okay, all right. What I want to talk about first is like the, the character development of Chloe's dad. So the first yeah. thing we get is they're driving home in the SUV with the leather interior and the classical music. And we go, oh, that's a good way to learn about animals which I think is it's a classic trope of the parent who only lets their kids do things that are like educational I can't remember the different places where I've seen that the only one I can think of off the top of my head is the Simpsons episode the other kid they go to and they're making anagrams out of people's names and stuff like that All right, then we get to the house did you notice what the number on the house was? 101 which is of course a reference to binary (laughs) (laughs) what type of dogs are they? Dalmatians. Dalmatians. Ah! 
well done. To be honest, I didn't get that. I had to find that out on the internet because I was looking at the house. And I'm like, surely there's something about where this house is from. The, the really, <laughs> the really funny thing is the other stuff I did notice and figure out the first time. What sort of job does Chloe's dad do? Uh, he's a drawer. Like there's a drafting board or something. A drafting board. Yep. He's an architect. Now, the reason you can tell this, on the opposing wall, there is a poster from the early 20th century, Distill, so the style movement. Oh, it's, I, I, it's such a deep cut for a kid's show. Oh, just, man. I could not believe this. So, Distill is based around, like, black and white, usually vertical and horizontal lines with yellow and red and blue. So you might have seen something like that around. It was a movement about bringing things back down to its most basic features. So it's very, very sort of classical architectural theory. And so there's a poster on the side. It's got bone motifs in it and these sort of minimal colours. <laughs> I just, that blew my mind. Oh, man. That is that is one deep buried bone That right is incredibly <laughs> Oh, man, like I needed the episode to get any better. <laughs> so I... I'm like, I got to find out more about this house. There's, there's actually a good tweet out there from, I think his name's Costa, the art director for the series, basically going, this week's episode is called Parasite, I mean Octopus. <laughs> Whether it's directly influenced or not from the Parasite house. If you look at them side by side, there are sort of similar elements. Parasite so, the, from the movie? Yeah, the movie Parasite. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, okay. This very sort of uh. modernist, modern, modernist style home with all the rectilinear features that Frank's talking about. <laughs> And the other thing, sorry, I'm monologuing here, but the the other thing that really got me with this, and you guys are talking to her, like the difference in families, is that experience when you're a kid of going to different houses and you're mm, just like, yeah. you're not aware of it yet, of just like socioeconomic differences. Yeah. And I make the joke at the top, like I usually do, but there is an element to going to somebody else's house and going, wow, your TV's really big and the carpet's really nice. <laughs> yeah. I, d- I didn't realise, you know, or just not even being super aware of it. It's just like, mm-hmm. wow, how do you have both of the good new video game systems? Well, yeah. You're a yeah. cool friend to have. That's a, that you- is a really good for real life moment because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did have... You're right. It wasn't until looking at it retrospectively like years later noticing the differences in like yeah my childhood friends they were just at the time mm. that was mm. just like this guy had two nintendos and <laughs> this guy didn't have any <laughs> like, but and, and it was just like okay that's just how it is yeah but we're, yeah. we're, we're just friends and we go to school we're just friends and then yeah it wasn't it's only looking back that i noticed that obviously these people were in that bracket mm. and yeah one of the other things about the house, uh, which sort of leads us back into the story, is the the fish tank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the way that that gets used. Yeah. You know, obviously it's about octopi and that whole part of the story. And the key moment with me of the fish tank is when Chloe's gone, you know, a bit upset. You're not playing it right because he's trying to play it according to, you know, logic. So he goes, oh, okay, you're not as, you know, you're not as fun. He goes back into the other room and sits down at his computer and... Your heart's breaking at that point. Mm. You're like, oh, he's just gone back to work or something. Yeah, because you don't see what he's doing. Don't see what's on the screen. And then your heart shatters into infinitesimal pieces when you go in there and you realize that's got to be Brendan's moment. (laughs) When you realize he's looking at octopus things. There's so many. (laughs) And that is just definitely one of them. Just the fact that that's he's going back into his safe space, which is the first time I saw this, I didn't realize it was an architect. I was thinking like some sort of programmer, computer, you know, developer sort of thing. That's his safe space. That's how he deals with 
the world that's how he tries to find out about stuff and yeah mm. just having to go back to the computer and just be sitting there but trying to use this to interact it's a learning opportunity yeah. for him and, and chloe yeah oh man my heart sings whenever i see examples of the the show is full of them but kids just talking about their feelings and dealing with feelings mm. I, I feel like maybe it's just because i'm an optimist but i feel like you're I see an octopus that. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> octopi marty oh sorry oh this is a sidebar is it a good idea to point out that octopus is actually from greek roots so the the plural wow. of octopus is isn't actually octopi do i point that out or is Are that you a really... saying that chloe's dad is wrong i'm saying he's wrong he's and done I'm, the research I'm really sorry, but but it's actually like it, some people will even tell you that the plural of octopus is octopodes because it's from the Greek. <laughs> but actually, I think you'll find it's an what English word I, I from Greek roots. So the correct pluralization of octopus is actually either octopus, like sheep and sheep and fish and fish, or octopuses because it's 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 not a Greek word, and it's certainly it's got nothing to do with Latin. So, so, so let me get you guys are talking about famous uh, design inspired artwork. Yeah. You're talking about the Greeks well, and the, their language. I'm just sitting in the corner making jokes, right? I'm the kid eating glue at the back of the classroom. To be fair, I was asking if it's a good idea if I bring that up or not. And to I answer think your question, no, no, I won't do it then. I won't bring. Don't it up. bring it up. I am sorry, but octopi is a hypercorrection. Please continue with your original thought, Brendan. I have officially forgotten what it was. Okay, good. All right, so regardless of what it's called, this octopus, can it be poison and electric? (laughs) And this is probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. You begin to realize what Chloe and her dad are learning through this, and then Bluey comes over and, oh, yeah, let's play octopus. I know how to play this. And then she's just, what's that? (laughs) Chloe's dad throws the ink at her, and she's like, he did what? <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Exactly. She's learning at the same time and having an absolute blast doing it. And when it gets into this game, I'm just getting incredible like D&D Pokemon vibes <laughs> when things are like, oh no, that's a particular type of thing. You yeah. have to, these particular values and stats. <laughs> yeah. You have to freeze for four seconds. seconds yeah. <laughs> I remember what my original thought was and it was just the fact that they get that moment and Chloe gets that, even though she's upset him she gets that moment to talk to Mm. her dad about her feelings and they not only is the episode about different kinds of dads it's also about just different ways of uh, communicating yeah different ways Mm. of communicating they get an opportunity to say oh that's funny because I feel like when you say this I feel like this oh well when you said that I feel like you were telling me off oh well how about we don't do that and I love that it's Chloe's suggestion to say yeah Yeah. this octopus octopus can can. it's not just not doing something it's doing something else yeah yeah. yes absolutely man absolutely and what else I love not only do they come to that conclusion and they have that achievement but when Bluey comes over, like you were saying, Frank, because she's such a good kid, she gets to celebrate that different thing mm. as well. Mm. And and she's like, well, okay. <laughs> I don't even know if the soundbite is exactly the same. But she comes to the door, do you want to play Octopus? Well, okay. And then um, you have to freeze for four seconds. Well, okay. <laughs> and like, it's not like, oh, this game is different. It's not as good. Because they found their rhythm. She's and I'll, excited, and yeah. I'll come back to finding their rhythm in a second. But because they found their rhythm, Bluey's actually like, oh, yeah, let's do this variation on the game. And when I say 
finding one's rhythm. You can see that Chloe's dad does it because at the beginning, I love the line, oh, this this all seems a bit silly. I, yeah. I think I might just be a quiet octopus. Yeah. And oh. you think that he doesn't really want to play, but he does. He just, it's the not way the way he, he does it. Yeah, his style. It's like this social anxiety thing. Yeah. This is, oh, I think man. this is where you can recognize more of potentially yourself in this other type of dad. Oh. I think you, you get to be different types of people at different times but it's the case of going oh i don't want to have to go in, in front of a group and do this thing i'm in this social scenario i really don't feel comfortable i'd rather just be you know not have to do audience participation i'm not that guy who's always just going to be the best at this sort of you know standing up in front of a group making people laugh having fun with it so i i so appreciate that and it's like oh, it's man. not the fact that it's what she's suggesting it's silly it's that he feels silly doing it he feels silly yeah. doing it to begin with because it's not his way it's not accurate but what i love is by the end of the episode he's on bandit level yeah. Of yeah. Blah, 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 yeah. because it's their style that they're playing and he's confident in that style and yeah. he's found it you know found his groove I was talking before about like this character stereotype of the parent who's always very intellectual and only wants to have learning based things. Yeah. In a lesser show or in other shows, the sort of conclusion there is, oh, the parent learns to loosen up and just does it the fun mm. way. Mm. But in this, it's far more nuanced because it's uh, a compromise between the two things. You know, it's finding, like I was saying at the beginning, you're like finding meaning for both of them. Yep. He's looking for something that allows him to interact with the reality of it and find, you know, interesting rule sets to have as part of that but at the same time he's willing to come to the table around the performative aspect the quote silly bit the arms and the blah 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 there are so many moments that bring me to tears. And I mean, I watched it earlier today because I actually decided to do my homework. Hey! And I watched it just going, oh, this will be it. I know this episode really well. I'll just watch it. And by the end of it, like, why did I do that? I've got, <laughs> I've got things to do. I'm a mess. <laughs> but the, just the final beat of the episode yes. when Bluey asks, can this octopus be poisonous and electric? Yeah. And, and, they, look at each and other. they both look, yeah, this octopus can. Brilliant. Perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, I don't know about you, but I'm not done talking about this episode. <laughs> but uh, but I have to be because, you know, there's a time for everything. And right now, the time is to say thank you so much for joining us. Frank, thanks as always, my friend. Pleasure to be here. And Marty, you just keep on being Marty. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> you just got to find your rhythm, man. Oh, you just okay. got to find your rhythm. Blah, 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 blah. You know where to find us. Aisle 300. Left at the fake grass. If you hit a flamingo, you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs>